Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, welcome to the Chronic Podcast. I'm your host, Ralph Marlboro. It's the middle of the week, so we're joined by everybody. This week, we have our fearless leader, Dave Cariello, from the Chronic. It's been a couple weeks since we talked to him. Uh, we have Andrew Jude from the Saints Nation, and congratulations, his wife is pregnant again. I break some news here. I like to do that. And of course, we have Iron Eagle, aka Kevin Held, <laughs> flying suplexes, dropping off the top rope, breaking chairs off people. In fact, this week he just uh, said, "Snap into a Slim Jim at work and uh, suplexed his boss." <laughs> um, gentlemen. I'm going to start with uh, not minicamp or anything. I, the Pro Football folk Focus, they have their rankings every year of the top 100 players. And if you follow Pro Football Focus and you're a subscriber, you know they grade every play and they have their algorithm or whatever the hell. But of the top 100 players, they ranked Breeze number 79. Now... Andrew, explain explain to people how Pro Football Focus, because I think you can do a better job than me. Explain to the to the audience how they grade players before we get into this. I can't believe Drew Brees was ranked number seventy nine. Yeah, well, um, you know, and and I'm a big proponent of Pro Football Focus. I love what they do. I lean on them heavily for just in general getting a sense of how good a player is when the Saints pick up a free agent or just trusting them in terms of um, knowing how a player is doing. Obviously, I don't really pay attention to them as much on the Saints just because I, I grade them myself separately. So, But um, I don't do the other teams. And a lot of times my grades, there, there's usually a few things that are different, but a lot of times the grades come out pretty close. Um, in terms of at the end of the season, the aggregates, um, you know, obviously it's a different scale, different rating system, but – um, that top players tend to be at the top, and, you know, it, it's usually pretty close. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think as a Saints fan you want to be too um, furious about this because I think it, I mean, it's really just saying that for one season, you know, they're not saying Drew Brees is the 79th best player in the NFL. They're only saying that for one year in a 16-game vacuum, Drew Brees was the 79th, 79th best of the top 100. Um, in the NFL for that one season. And, look, the Saints went 7-9. and nine. The offensive line play was terrible. Um, the, rec- the receiver play was really spotty. They had trouble getting open. They dropped balls. Uh, Breeze had a lot of bad turnovers last year. Um, and so th- those are all things. When you throw a bad pass, even if it's because of pressure in your face, it might not be your fault, but um, you're, you're going to get a bad grade because of that. And, you know, while I think we all agree, and I don't think anyone even outside of Saints fandom would say that Drew Brees is not a top three quarterback in the NFL, um, that doesn't mean he's going to be a top three quarterback in the NFL every week. I mean, Joe Flacco won the Super Bowl and, and played out of his mind for the entirety of the playoffs. 
and I don't think anyone thinks he's a top three quarterback, even though he did that. But you get hot at the right time, and, you know, so my point is you can still grade very highly even if you're not a top three quarterback in a vacuum. And so um, I don't think anyone should be outraged and think pro football focus is saying that Breeze sucks or that Breeze is the 79th best player in the league. All they're saying is of all the guys they graded, uh, Breeze had somewhat of a down year, and he was the 79th best player in 2012. Kevin, uh, get crazy and just tell Mr. Juge he's, he's on something. I, I refuse to live in a world where Drew Brees is number 79 on any list. I, I refuse I refuse to believe that Drew Brees is number 79 in anything. anything. You could plop the man in an arcade and have him play Galaga. I refuse to believe he is the 79th best person playing that Galaga machine, and he could have a slew... Of, of little kids standing in front of him. Uh, you know, and, and I know this, I'm not trying to crap on Juge because Lord knows I, I love the Juge. He's great. But I, we, we should all, before we go to bed tonight, drop on our fucking knees and pray to whatever God we pray to to have the sort of down year that Drew Brees has, okay? In life. Period. Let alone whatever we do professionally. 5,100 yards passing, the only human being to throw for two consecutive seasons of 5,000 yards. He throws for 43 touchdowns. He completes 63% of his passes. Averages three over 320 per game. I pray for that kind of decline when I hit my 40s or 50s, or whatever. I pray that, that when I'm having a down year, or a down day, or a down week, that I that it's like that. I pray that. Now, you're going to fucking sit here and tell me, never mind the 79th best fucking player. Whatever. Whatever. Okay? Just work fucking ever. You're going to tell me he's the 7th best quarterback in the league behind such fucking luminaries as Ben Roethlisberger and Matt Ryan. And yes, for the record, I've been drinking. I've been drinking wine out of a tumbler. Thank you very much. I keep it classy. You're going to tell me he's fucking behind Ben Roethlisberger, who completed 63% of his fucking passes. Again, roughly the same as Drew Brees. Threw for only 32.65. 32.65. Drew Brees could hit 32.65 by week 10. <laughs> By week 10, he would squat on 32. Drew Brees wakes up and puts 32.65 in his toilet in the morning, okay? You're going to, you're going to, you're telling me to sweat that? He threw 32 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. Oh, 14 interceptions. Oh, I'm sorry, Drew Brees only threw, Drew Brees threw 19, so I guess you have, oh wait, never mind. You threw 20, you threw 32, no, what the fuck number? You threw 26 touchdowns? Oh, congratulations, Ben. Drew's Green, 43. 17 more than you. 17 more than you, dude. You average, oh, you average 251 yards. Congratulations. Drew Brees fucking through for 326. Oh, quarterback rating? Your quarterback rating was what? 97? Oh, so you must have blown Drew Brees out the water then. Oh, Drew Brees threw for, had 96.3 as his quarterback rating this past year. So you want to pull a fucking secretary on him 
I don't see how you're right that far ahead. Oh, Matt Ryan. Let's get to Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, barely ahead of him in quarterback rating. 99. Okay, three points. Yards per game. 294. You ain't even cracking 300, Matt Ryan. You ain't cracking 300. What did you throw? 32 touchdowns? Again, congratulations, dude. Drew Brees fucking squats on that. You threw, you threw 68% uh, completions? Okay, that's good. Congratulations. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Dot edu slash podcast. You threw for 4,700 yards. That was your best. Your best was 4,700 yards. Drew Brees wasn't even at his best. And he still fucking skull-dragged that number on a shit team in which he was being asked to do everything on fucking offense. And he still threw over 5,000 yards. Dave. His team, team was in fucking turmoil. The team was in fucking turmoil. The defense was the worst in the fucking history of organized football. And he's asked to do fucking everything. He's asked to be the entire Justice League on his own. Jimmy Graham wasn't doing dick this past year. He was asked to be fucking everybody on the Justice League, including Hawkman and Aquaman. And he's still fucking top team yards past. Okay, Matt Ryan? Bring this shit this year. I want to fucking see some of these clown shoes bring it this year. Russell Wilson, phenomenal year. Loved him. Great guy. All that kind of shit. Uh, his wife's a nice little hottie. She's a smoke show. Good. He threw for 3,100 yards. And you average 194 yards per game. 194. Kevin, here's... Uh, true, Bre- true Breeze fucking puts 194 yards on his apple pie as a topping before he eats it. That's what Drew Brees does on a weekly basis. That's actually, that's Drew Brees' life. That's well, Drew Brees' life. He goes down to fucking Cafe Du Monde, gets the order of beignets, gets the little silver can, taps it on the side, and 194 yards pops out. Okay? <laughs> that's what Drew Brees is. Don't fucking sit here and tell me that a whole bunch of motherfuckers are better than Drew Brees' quarterback. I will hear the argument, and I may not occasionally, at Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, old as fuck as he may be, and giddy as a schoolgirl as he might get that his horse fucking won the derby or whatever. Fine. I can nod along with that. Don't fucking tell me, don't fucking tell me that Roethlisberger, that Matt Ryan, that rookies, that, that neck aids himself, he's a fucking better quarterback than Drew Brees. No. 
Don't fucking tell me. Do not fucking tell me, because I, I ain't hearing it. I ain't having it. Well, I ain't having it. Dave, here's, I guess here's the question for me is, they have him ranked as the seventh best quarterback, even though he's number 79 in the rankings. And they have Russell Wilson. There's seven other quarterbacks ahead of him. Six. Because I haven't seen the list. So, so, well, if he's number seven, that would mean six days. Yeah, they had yeah. Peyton Manning. Was, Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. They had Peyton Manning <laughs> one, Aaron Rodgers two, Matt Ryan three, uh, Robert Grissom. Wait, hold on. This is too many names. I couldn't even figure out seven minus six. So, like, stop coming at me with all this. All right. So, the point that I – they have Russell Wilson as the fifth-rated quarterback. So, my question to you is, how can Russell Wilson be number five when he – his most completions he had during the year was 25, and he never threw for 300 yards in a league that's a passing league, not at one time. Yeah, say Seattle went 11-5, and five, but I would argue that... Well, they might take that into account. They might take, like, your team... I mean, they take all these crazy things into account when they make these... Um, you know, so, I mean, they may very well actually take your team's record into account. No, they don't. They don't. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, so they don't. So I don't know. What was Russell Wilson's quarterback rank? Quarter, his quarterback rank. Pretty good quarterback rate, rating, rating, rating. His rating. his rating was a hundred. His QBR thing for ESPN was sixty nine point six. And what was Breeze's? Is that better than Breeze's? Uh, I think it's slightly better than Breeze. I, I mean, I think Russell Wilson probably on paper was. I mean, he may not have been putting up as high numbers as far as total yardage, but he may have. He's probably more efficient. Uh, he probably had less interceptions, I would, I'm, I'm assuming. Uh, I will also assume that these rankings are taking into account maybe rushing yardage at the very least. Yeah. And uh, Russell Wilson, I'm assuming, uh, adds value to the team and to all that. And and, uh, and his, his ranking is probably at least helped by his, the fact that he's got probably quite a significant amount of rushing yardage, at least significantly more than Drew. I mean... I am not, you know, I think Andrew said it's the best to start this whole thing, and I think Kevin is just being silly uh, just for the sake of being silly. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, th- I think Kevin's looking at the bigger picture here, and Kevin's viewing Drew Brees more for his entire span and career with the Saints. And I, I think he's, and, and Andrew was wise to point this out at the beginning, we're talking about just a 16-game vacuum here. And I just get the feeling and the impression that Kevin is not really looking at it from that perspective and not realizing that we're just talking about these 16 games. This was not Drew's best year. Um, I'd be curious to look at them at, at the numbers for last season when uh, the offense was incredible. And Drew Brees was the number three rated player in, in 2011 on PFF. So of there all, you go. Number three. The entire league, he was the first best player. Basically, there you go. So I mean, that all makes sense. I'm sure. I'm sure if they put together a ranking of best players from 2006 to 2012, uh, I would venture to guess Drew Brees would probably be in the top five. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about last season. And last season, he was just a good quarterback. Yeah, I mean, they did. It, it's not. It, I thought originally that having. Uh, ben Roethlisberger ahead of him would be egregious, but when I looked at Ew. Roethlisberger's stats, it's not that egregious. Um, That's surprising. I, I would think I would think the same thing. You know, so the stat—I mean, the stats for for Roethlisberger 
It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, Ralph, again, I mean, I just want to reiterate, they're not saying that these guys are better than Drew Brees as quarterbacks. And I, I don't even, they're not, I mean, I think if you pulled anyone in the league and you asked them which quarterback would you rather have, Brees or Wilson, Brees or Roethlisberger, I mean, if you want to win now, there's not a soul that would pick either any of those quarterbacks over Brees. No one would. And they're not suggesting that. So, Again, I, I think it's just important that, and, and I really think that those the two games that stick out to me are San Francisco and Atlanta, where Breeze really had horrific games. And you know, if he plays even mediocre in those games, he probably ends up in this ranking a lot higher. And I, I do think, I mean, it's like it's like when when you when you get an A plus three times and then you get an F. That brings your whole GPA down to like yeah. a B, B or B minus, and so that that's what happens sometimes. Like you just have one know, of those games bad. where everything <laughs> implodes, and um, you know it, it weighs down everything else. And so I I think those two games in particular stick out to me as um, maybe part of the reason why he dropped a little bit in the ratings. Because I mean I remember grading those games, and that that second game against Atlanta where he didn't throw a touchdown, he threw five picks, and and, you know, just, just played the worst game we've ever seen him play. I, I remember I gave him enough for that game. So, you know, it is what it is. Well, I just, I guess, you know, as you, we don't pay hardcore attention to other teams. I guess I, my 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 thought process was Pittsburgh went 7-9 and nine too. How good a year did Roethlisberger really have? And I thought this, I, I thought there would be a couple of glaring stats that would stick out for Roethlisberger, like more interceptions, or you know, they just no no team throws as much as the Saints, so it's, it it's kind of hard to say, hey, you know, he only had eight. Roethlisberger only had he had twenty six touchdowns, but he only had eight picks. So I just thought either for him or Russell Wilson or RG three, there would be some sort of a statistical argument that you could make that they would have something much more in the bad column than Breeze, and it just it didn't work out that way. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I think RG3 and Russell Wilson had the luxury of a balanced football team around them. I mean, Alfred Morris was the shock of, of the season. I mean, a rookie running back that came in and just had a beast of a year, and Russell Wilson arguably has the best back in the NFL – and Marshawn Lynch, or at least last year, I mean, he was, he was again, unbelievable. And so, you know, they, they have the luxury of, of strong offensive lines, a balanced rushing attack, a play caller that's not leaving their quarterbacks out to dry because they're actually calling a, a balanced scheme and they're not forcing the quarterback to throw every play. And so, you know, I, I think there's two things with Breeze. I think, number one, he's a victim of his own success a little bit, so he's held to a higher standard. And when he has a game where he throws two picks, um, that's that's an anomaly. So everyone's immediately thinking instead of, oh, he, you know, Breeze kind of had a bad game. They're like, what's wrong with Drew? How could he do that? Because we're expecting him to shatter records and everything. And and I, I think it's it's harder to be efficient when you're throwing every play. And and Drew Brees wasn't efficient last year. I mean, it, 63% for him is incredibly low. I mean, he's usually – up at about uh, Andrew. I think we lost. Kevin, I think we lost Andrew there for a second. Um, but Andrew there. 2011 as a as a point for why Breeze is the best, and th- that's the point I'm making is 
that, that what he did in 2011 is irrelevant. This, this is just a vacuum of 2012. And while, yes, he did throw for 5,000 yards, the that's because the Saints are throwing every play. And the efficiency with which he got the 5,000 yards wasn't as efficient as Russell Wilson was. And, again, that's a 16-game season. You take away those two games that Brees had that were awful and you make it a 14-game season, and he's probably ahead of Russell Wilson. That, that's probably the difference right there. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it it's a tough it's a tough thing. And I, I, th I think the, the the point that you made about him having the, the, those horrendous games really bring down your the score is is valid because you know, um, I I think he arguably Drew Brees had I would say his worst stretch as a Saints quarterback when you put in the second half where, where the point right before halftime where he threw the interception against San Francisco that second half and then the whole game against Atlanta that you could make an argument that that's the, the worst six quarters he's ever played as a Saint uh, I don't I don't think there's any argument I think it's <laughs> I mean that, that's a fact um Dave, I want to talk to you about um, uh, you had a comment, an article that you wrote about the Saints' safety situation and Malcolm Jenkins' uh, job being in jeopardy. And, and, and Malcolm Jenkins said it. He tweeted it. He, he, he talked to, I think it was Les East of The Advocate about it. And you quoted the article. I quote right. It, it wasn't Les East. It was uh, somebody else. But was I don't Holder, think it was right? Les. No, no, it wasn't Holder because it was the Advocate. But I don't think it was Les East. It doesn't matter. But there were two separate articles. One at ESPN or one at NFL.com by Glenn Andrews, and, and and one at the Advocate, and they were both. The tone of both of the articles was that. Hello, what is that? No, I'm just calling Kevin. Go oh. ahead. I'm calling Kevin. Back. The tone of both of the articles was um, yeah. was that Malcolm Jenkins realized that the drafting of one Kenneth Caro <laughs> was a threat to his job. <laughs> yeah, and then it and then things got a little sideways in the in the argument, you were going back and forth. In, my, in writing my article, it was like, all of us have really been thinking this whole time that Kenny Vaccaro is here to replace Roman Harper. So we... we, we, we... Oh, tonight is a terrible night for technical difficulties, I must say, as we are having dropouts. Dave just dropped out. Um, you know... As, as we try to get Dave back here, Andrew, um, is it possible? Yes. What are you doing? Um, nothing. It's just it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's Skype. You know, you, can, you you get what you get, and I, I I apologize to our paid premium subscriber members that this podcast is so unprofessional. <laughs> but uh, Mr. Mr. Cariello, continue, please. Oh, anyway. Well, anyway, the point of these articles was. Was was that was that Malcolm Jenkins thought that the drafting of Kenny Vaccaro was 
uh, was a threat to his job, and there's no other way to view it. And I, I just thought it was surprising because we all thought Bacara was here to replace Roman Harper, and we all thought that he was going to be playing primarily strong safety. Um, and uh, and that doesn't seem to be the case. Um, it seems to be like Malcolm Jenkins. I mean, we don't know what Roman Harper is thinking. He really hasn't said much, but but we know at least Malcolm Jenkins is a little concerned about his about his job. So there's going to be some competition there. So I would say it's a free-for-all at, at both safety positions, which is great, which is wonderful. But um, but I don't know. There just seemed to be some people that, 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 that I don't know what they were thinking, but I guess they were just thinking like that I, I, I knew that I was not quoting Malcolm Jenkins. And I think that he was just concerned because I don't, I, I don't even know how to put this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I, I don't know, I have, I have, I have no idea. But anyway, but my point is, is like, is that I, I never said Malcolm Jenkins. Mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't. We didn't need to hear a direct quote. We didn't need to hear Malcolm Jenkins say, um, "I think that my job is being threatened by Kenny Vaccaro." He, he didn't have to say those exact words, but everything else he was saying, yeah, was, I mean... was pointing to was pointing to him thinking that and feeling that. So there's no question. The point is, is Malcolm Jenkins absolutely 100% thinks that Kenny Vaccaro is a threat to his job. And to think otherwise after reading those two articles, to me, is just absolute poor reading comprehension. <laughs> Which, that is completely possible because I'm sure, I'm sure Andrew or Kevin, well, not Kevin because Kevin only writes like three articles a year. Um, but it's sometimes... Not a, it's, not, it's not about... But you can comprehend... Go ahead. You can comprehend those three articles, okay? You can, and they're, and they're fantastic, and we'd like more of them if you could get around to it when you're not practicing the uh, double suplex off the, top, off the top of the steel cage. Uh, Andrew, the, the, comp, the reading comprehension skills and Dave's comment wars aside, is it possible that we've all got this safety thing wrong where you know we're saying is it is it Roman Harper's job is it Malcolm Jenkins is it possible that the Saints have thought about it and said you know what we're going to go play three safeties and we're going to play a ton of nickel and dime because that's the way the NFL is going now and we're going to see all three of these motherfuckers on the field a big chunk of the time Did you lose Kevin uh, I think I lost Andrew, which is uh, f- fantastic. <laughs> this podcast is totally off the rails. It's, it's off se- it's off season delight. Kevin, you answer that question that I just posed about the three safeties. Well, you gotta repeat it, man. Because the second I, I heard the question, I I think I think Ralph. Yes, I mean I, I think that uh, you know you're right. I think Nickel. I think a lot of teams play in the nickel a lot now, and I absolutely would expect the Saints to be doing that, and I absolutely expect to see all three of them out there. Uh, but in their base formation with just two safeties, I would have thought that it would have been Vaccaro and Jenkins um, at strong safety and free safety respectively. But now, I don't know. Um, did I just get a freaking a, a camera ticket? God damn it. Uh, fuck. But now, 
based on, on what Malcolm Jenkins is telling reporters, um, who knows what it could be. Andrew, are you back with yeah, us? I think I just got a fucking red light. <laughs> yeah, I'm picking a light on the yeah. yellow. There was no red light. Are you gonna get an? Are you gonna get something in the mail from the yeah. uh, pa- Orleans Parish? Uh, no, it'll be from Tempe, Arizona. I'll have oh. to pay my fucking check to Tempe, Arizona. Nice, uh, Andrew. What? Because you break down the film. What Allegedly. possible three safety combination that the Saints run it? What would it look like, and what would Roman Harper's role in it be? And, and, and well, okay, just go. Well, I don't think I don't think they're going to run a true three safety formation. I mean, that that sounds more like a prevent where um, they're basically allowing. You know, if you're dropping back three guys that deep into coverage, uh, you're leaving a lot underneath. And so, you know, if it's ever going to be, I mean, th- th- that's a great formation if it's third and ten or more, maybe uh, you know, or third and fifteen. But and, you know, anything other than that. I don't really want to see it. So really what we're talking about is two, two deep safeties with one of these three guys, presumably Vaccaro or Jenkins, playing the nickel slot. So, you know, then, then the question just becomes how well can they handle it? And I, I actually think both of those guys, I mean, we saw Vaccaro, um, you know, I, I've watched some tape on him. I mean, he played a lot of nickel at Texas. He played in the slot a lot. Um, so that that's something that he can probably come in and do immediately. And, Malcolm Jenkins started as a corner, so um, he can certainly play the slot as well. In fact, I think he's probably better in the slot than he would be on the outside. So, um, you know, I, I think it could work. I mean, right now they're so they're so bad at cornerback. You know, I think Keegan Lewis and Jabari Greer are the starters, and Jabari's aging. Patrick Robinson's the nickel right now, and he had a miserable year last year. And so um, I just – don't see any scenario where they have anyone on the roster that would be better than Vaccaro at nickel. I mean, he'll have to get out there. We'll have to see what he can do. But um, if he's anywhere near as good as the tape suggests and, and the place where he was drafted, um, that, that, that's easy. that decision's a real easy one for me. Yeah. Kevin, um, as we, you know, we, we get to these, these mini camps, I don't know what you – if you can see anything fantastic, because like I think Andrew, or maybe you brought up last week, you know, Marcus Colston looked god awful at his first mini camp, and they were like, he's fat, he's out of shape, he's not even making the team. Hell, he might even not might not even make it through the first cut of training camp, and you know, eight years later, he's only the best receiver in the history of the Saints. So that being said. What sort of rookie are you most interested? Obviously, you're in St. Louis, and I'm, we're all, except for Dave, far flung, so we're not going to be going out to the practices. But what guy are you sort of interested to read about in the paper and see how he looks the first mini camp, and you know, that sort of thing? Well, I'm I'm, I'm just going to do the the. I suppose I'll just take the chicken shit answer, and I'll just say Vaccaro, and then. And then after that, I'll take the uh, the wide out Kenny Stills because feasibly, you know, I Picard the chicken should answer. So you know what? I'll 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 be hey, a little, uh, slightly more bold and just say Kenny Stills because the Saints need to be worried about 
wide receiving core. I, I, I it just like, yeah. it, hello. No. Did the I whole think, thing just come off the rails? Is, I, is Ralph still here? I'm still here. I think Dave is having an issue. Um, but yeah, Kenny Stills, and you you seem pretty fascinated by Kenny Stills, Kevin, with his uh. His I'm, 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 in, I'm very fascinated by cross dressers, and uh, yeah, just there's, there's something about Kenny. Well, not something. The, the thing about Kenny still that fascinates me is that he's a fucking cross dresser, and not only is he a cross dresser, but he's a pretty. All our listeners aren't are confused. Can you explain what you mean by that? Well, what, what, what do you mean that I'm fascinated that he's a cross dresser? No, no, no. I mean, I, most people may not have seen that picture. Okay, so apparently Kenny Stills tweeted a while back. I can't remember the exact wording he had, but that's not important because there was a photo that he took of, a, I think it was a selfie, of him in like a purple, like a purple evening gown. And I can't remember if he had fucking earrings on or not, but his hair was pushed up. And you could see like tattoos all all over his shoulders and arms, and it just looked it just looked like mortifying. And <laughs> sure enough, like that sort of thing, just like it, it was intriguing to me. Like, what kind of a grown man does that? What kind of a grown man entering a you know potential uh, brutal sport like football or, or well pro football? He's going to be setting himself up for that, and then I and then I just stopped thinking about shit like that. And I was like, "Fuck it, this is a guy that doesn't that either doesn't give a shit or does give a shit and just says fuck it anyway." So why not have a guy like this on board? And you know what? Uh, the uh, the purple nightgown, uh, uh, it fucking worked. Purple's a nice color on him. There, I said it. I'm not trying to get all Tom Gunn on people, but. Uh, or Tim Gunn, whatever, camera Tom. Uh, but you know, purple works for the guy. What you're saying oh, is, there you're, we go. What you're saying is, you're hoping by like the end of October, there's like five percent of the Superdome crowd wearing purple nightgowns and such. Oh, I'm. Oh, well, I'm willing to bet because that by Kenny Stills is blowing up. It'll be sooner than October. I'm willing to bet it's sooner than October. I'm also willing to bet. Uh, I'm also hoping that that one that a, a touchdown celebration involves him doing like a, a uh, like a runway p- uh, walk. <laughs> like he gets the ball, like he scores, and just does like a quick like five or six steps, stops, pivots, and just starts walking back. And and maybe Lance Moore can just like pop in front of him on a knee and pretend he's taking photos. Dave, that would that be your favorite GIF of all time that you would have made on Canal Street Chronicles? Yeah, it might be. Might be. It's up there. Oh, that would that would be that'd be the I think that that could possibly be the best Saints GIF ever, by far. I think I think LSU Freak would probably would probably make an appearance on that and make it such. Um, Dave, do you have a player that you are interested in for minicamp? If you don't say Ryan Griffin, I'm going to throw up. If <laughs> <laughs> I don't say Ryan Griffin, or I do say Ryan Griffin. No, you, I, I'll be really disappointed if you don't. No, I mean, I, you know, 
I'm, I'm, I'm personally going to be interested in seeing Ryan Griffin just because he comes from Tulane. But, I mean, obviously he's not um, going to, like, significantly contribute to this team. So, I mean, if we're talking about legitimate um, contributions here, um, but I really do hope Ryan Griffin stays on as, like, the third quarterback. Um, first of all, Kenny Stills, I would almost, almost bet my son that he spends the season on IOC. Um, there are a lot of people out there that are, like, really obsessed and in love with Kenny Stills and think he is just going to, uh, you know, he's, he's going to be starting. He's just going to work himself right in there, day one. He's, he might even oust Joe Morgan. He might even be in the number three spot. Um, and, I mean, I just find it laughable. I mean, is it possible? Absolutely. But the odds are just so against him. And I just feel like we all said this with Addington. We said this with Meacham. We said this with... Uh, uh, tune. Um, it's just there's just there's just a pattern and there's a system here and that's if you're a receiver and you're in Sean Payton's system you sit out the first year that's just the way it is. We'll come up with a fake injury. Uh, Dave, are you maintaining your insistence that Devery Henderson's coming back, or are you softening that stance now? I mean, Alex, no. I, my own, my, I would say I do think that the Saints will find Devery Henderson if they. If there is an, a lengthy injury to either Marcus Colston or Lance Moore or Joe Morgan. But other than that, no, he's done. And I mean, I was, I was making all those claims and it was funny because it seemed like, it seemed like Peyton and Loomis were directly responding to me because they came out at that press conference and said that every Henderson is not part of the future plan. Um, very shortly after, I was so insistent that Derry Henderson would be part of the Saints' future plan. Um, so, uh, obviously, I was dead wrong on that. I'm a little surprised. I'm, to be honest with you, I'm really surprised that no other teams have taken an interest. I mean, I really don't think Derry is that bad, and he's not that old. And I just I feel like there are a lot of – yeah, I mean, I just feel like there are a lot of shitty teams out there that could use a guy like that. I'm really Please surprised they have fun. I could yeah, name I mean, about five. I don't know if there's, like, some unwritten rule in the NFL where there are, like, certain players that coaches say, you just, just don't touch him, like, you know, and and there's, like, this unspoken rule where everybody has a couple of those players and, like, no team touches them, uh, or whether there's something, like, seriously wrong with Dilbury that we don't know about. I mean, I just find it very surprising uh, that no other team has just signed him to, like, something, just a little something, you know, better on minimum or something. Uh, for him to just be sitting there, that just doesn't make sense to me. So if there if there is an injury with any one of the major three guys, I think that the two young at wide receiver behind those three guys, um, I think they they would need or want somebody with Devery's experience who can just come in and run the routes and all that stuff. Because he's a great blocking uh, uh, wide receiver, great blocking De- wide receiver. Devery, Kevin, true or false? Devery Henderson would be the best wide receiver on the New York Jets today. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just saying. There's like five teams: Cleveland, the Raiders, um, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Jacksonville, the Bills, the Bills. I'm saying they, they got teams. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Stevie Johnson would be the best wide receiver on the Bills. Well, not necessarily be, be the best receiver on the team, but that he could be a top four guy. Right. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. The Bills. Sure. Every yeah. Henderson would make the Bills team as a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fan of their number one pick, are we, Andrew? 
You might also make the fucking Jaguars as the number one quarterback. Not ahead of God's quarterback, Tim Tebow, when Jacksonville gets around to doing what they want to do and sign him. They're, they're, but, uh... All right, who, hey, who well, anyway. the NFL job first? Devery Henderson or Tim Tebow? Oh, that's a good question. Dave, answer that. Wait, what? Who went for who, who gets the NFL job first, Devery Henderson or Tim Tebow? Oh, good. That is a good question. Um, I'll say Devery. <laughs> I'll say Devery. Kevin? An NFL job, I'm going to say Devery. If it's a football job, I'm going to say Tebow. I'm going to say... I'm going to say Devery for sure. Tim Tebow's not, he's not playing another down in the NFL. Andrew, you asked the question, so answer it. I mean, I hope it's Devery, but uh, I, I just still feel like there's some wacky team out there is going to sign Tebow in the next couple weeks. It's going to be awful, and they're going to regret it, but it's going to happen. I just don't understand why, why he's why so... Fucking Saints? It, oh, it could be. I, I mean, I just, I just don't understand why Tebow is so stubborn and so insistent on on play, playing quarterback. I mean, why? I mean, why not? You know, get tight end. I really think he's got a good size for a tight end. He could be good as, as a tight end. Uh, why not give it a try? Uh, or like a halfback or whatever. I mean, he's not. He's good when he runs the ball. He makes things happen. He always seems to. I mean, you watch those games in Denver and in the playoffs. I mean, he's just he's just a winner. I mean, he's just got the winner stick on him. You know, just give him the ball and shit just happens. And but just not throwing the ball. So I just don't understand why he's so damn stubborn and so insistent that he has to play quarterback. Because I think if he was willing to switch position, I think he very well could easily get a job somewhere in the NFL. You know what, Dave? You know what, Dave? There was a guy a while ago who had some crazy theories and wanted to lead the way for a bunch of people and when a lot of people were doubting him and saying, you can't do this or you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't be in front of this uh, movement or group, we should let somebody else lead the way, this guy was like, nope, I'm going to do it. And he made some pretty spectacular things happen, miraculous, if you will, happen when he was in charge and running his own little group. Now, who was that guy? I can't really remember at this time. I've actually been an entire bottle of wine now. But <laughs> Tim Tebow is potentially what? that second guy. Oh, you think that? about that. You think friend. about that now. You're not referring to Breeze, are you? No, I, I, actually, I, I was making a Jesus reference. Jesus. You know, <laughs> you know what, though? Jesus completed a higher percentage than Achilles Smith, and that's the quarterback that Tim Tebow, his completion percentage, his first three years in the NFL, or has many that's, – that's who Tim Tebow's equal is right now. And yeah, Jesus Tebow's was. Got, Tebow's got a better shot of being the, the second coming than an NFL quarterback at this point. No. All right, now since this podcast is going completely off the rails with technical difficulties, now we're just going to go kind of off football topic, and we're going to, it's a little bit football related, but not really. Well, we're hold start... on, hold on, Ralph, Ralph. I I want to name the rookie I'm excited about. Oh yeah, that's right. Go ahead. Go ahead. So go ahead. Rufus Johnson. Rufus Johnson. I have no idea how good this guy is. I have no idea who he is. I, I want to see, I, I, and his name's Rufus. So I want to see how this guy pans out and if this was just a, a god-awful draft pick by the Saints. 
or if he's actually going to surprise people and make the team. Uh, and then, uh, real quick, the other guy is, is Teron Armstead. I mean, I, left tackle is a huge question mark for the Saints. And so I'm really curious about him and seeing if he can potentially become a starter. So. Anyway, continue. No, that's 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 good. Sorry, we just you, you we got sidetracked with such your your such good questions about Devery and Tebow that I forgot, <laughs> I forgot about the I forgot I forgot about the original question I was going around the horn with. Um, so this week Reggie uh, apparently it's on the front page of your fine website, Dave, about Reggie Bush, uh, an anonymous source saying that he wanted to wait until. His child was born before he got married because he was so religious. Now, I've heard a lot of strange things, but that in no way makes any kind of sense. Why would you wait for the child to be born before you got married and connect it to being religious? Please explain. Uh, no, I can't. I can't explain that at all. Now, the only thing I can say is um, whatever religion Reggie is, because I don't know, but uh, it sounds wonderful. It sounds like a great religion, a very liberal, open-minded religion where you go and you get a girl knocked up. You don't have to marry her, uh, get her knocked up, have, let her have the baby, and then decide, well, you know, whether you want to get married or not. Uh, that's that's a super, super religion. Um, no, I don't know. I don't get that quote. I don't know whether they got that quote wrong, just completely backwards and mixed up, uh, or whether that friend who is that source um, is just an absolute idiot. Um, I, don't, I don't know, because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I don't, I don't know of a religion where you do that. I mean, I'm, the only thing I could possibly think of is, like, unless you didn't want to get married in a church and have to be pregnant and look pregnant, so like in a wedding dress. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only thing I could possibly think of. But either way, I, I, I don't think you can say in one statement that Reggie is super religious um, while you're talking about the fact that he's gotten a girl pregnant out of wedlock. I mean, <laughs> those, things, that, those two things don't go together. They usually, they usually don't jive together in most major religions. <laughs> most. Are we for, Kevin, are we, are, we, are we forgetting a major religion where that is okay? Uh, I'm sure Scientology's probably got some... Scientology is somewhere. a fucking book uh, by L. Ron Hubbard. It's not a real religion. Come on now. Well, oh, well, I'm glad you said that because up until oh. that, I was going to be bugged and my life was going to be destroyed by those people. So now I'm glad you're the one taking the fall yeah. for it. But I'm sure we just pissed somebody off. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I'm, I'm hell. You know what? If Eugene says nothing, he may still get taken down by them just as being an accessory on the phone. Um, <laughs> but I, if, if they, I actually think the religion Reggie's following is the religion of let me contact my lawyer and have him draw up a uh, fucking oh shit! I'm, I can't remember the damn word now. I, I, I'm drinking a bottle of wine. A I apologize. Prenup? You are. You are a fucking prenup. Shit! Three shits to the wind, my friend. I am. I am. I, I've downed three. This is three full tumblers of wine here. It is. Uh, and I'm just calling Dave back as the technical can dif- the technical difficulties for this podcast roll on and on and on. Uh, oh, this is wonderful. It is. It's fantastic, Andrew. Um, I'm going to start. If you do, you want to answer the Reggie Bush religious question that we're that we are trying to figure out what religion he's trying to justify. Uh, no, I mean the quote. Correct me if I'm wrong. The quote came from his fiance. 
Hi, right. Mr. Paul. Leave a message and I'll get back to you. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Dave. Um, <laughs> so, that is correct, right? It came from his fiance, that quote? I think it came from an anonymous... Let me pull up Canal Street Chronicle. I think it came from like an anonymous... It came from like an anonymous source or something. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was... I was going to say, if it came from his fiance, that sounds like something that the type of girl that Reggie Bush would marry would say. Um, in other words, low IQ. So, you know, good for him. But, uh, you know, I, I'm happy for Reggie. You know, I wish him well. Like, he's always been a decent guy. So, you know, I, and he, he had some good times for the Saints, and I don't think he's a bad guy. So Are you- um, I'm happy that he has a kid, and I hope it works out. And um, so I, I have no idea who this girl is, but it can't be possibly any worse than Kim Kardashian. So, um, you know, yeah, you know, and and I mean, as far as the religious aspect, um, you know, that's just uh, when you hang out with Reggie Bush, if you follow his Twitter account ever, that's what you get with Reggie Bush. That that's the kind of intelligence, that's the kind of statement, that's the kind of. That's what he brings to the table. The, the guy is not the sharpest tool in the shed by any means. Uh, I can't imagine he surrounds himself with sharp people either. I don't know. You know, he might have a rocket science or something. Rocket science or something in his entourage. Sorry, Mr. Paul. Leave a message. Uh, right. Dave, I think his Dave is done for the podcast. Kevin, we had another kind of football story just because it involves football players, but it's more of like a. It's more of a. A, uh, a dating relationship etiquette question. So I pose it to you. Mario Williams had a yep. fiance, yep. and he gave her a ten carat, uh, seven hundred ninety thousand dollar wedding ring. Uh, yep. Um, that's a hell of a wedding ring. Uh, and she broke off. She broke apparently broke off the engagement. So Mario Williams is like, I want the ring back, and she's like, No, no. You gave it to me. I get to keep it. Uh, so he's suing her. So what is the etiquette in an engagement situation uh, for getting the ring back if you're a guy? Well, dare I dare I try and quote some sort of legal precedent here? Uh, and I wish I could remember the exact court case because I actually did hear and read about this earlier in the week because that's the kind of life I lead now. All my friends are back home. Um, there is, in, in most states, giving a, a, an engagement ring to somebody is not a solid binding contract. It is like a promissory contract, meaning that if said contract is broken, uh, the property of the initial giver should or ought to be returned. There are some states where they don't abide by that kind of shit or they somehow try and take into account who did what to whom or why, which just, if you ask me, fucking overcomplicates the hell out of things, and it wouldn't surprise me if California was one of those states because California. Um, But most states have the whole, it's a gift. It's like a, it's it's a gift for the time being until y'all are officially married. And if it back and if it goes awry, then the gift should be returned. So I think that uh, engagement rings ought to be returned. It seems like the, the way perfect time to work in the now, word now, Indian giver. Now, wait, what, what word? Indian giver. 
Indian No, I'm not using the word Indian gamer. Are you, Mr. Jude, are you using such a word? I mean, I'm just saying, if Mario Williams is asking for his ring back at this point, he's kind of being an Indian giver, right? Well, I mean, it is an $800,000 wedding ring, and she did break it off. So, I mean, like... I mean, I know NFL players make a lot of money, but $800,000, that's a lot of fucking Smoothie uh, King franchises. Yeah but, yeah, but whose fault is that? I mean, look... There's, I, I guess there's no man code or no no written rule, but there should be. There should be a rule that even if you play in the NFL and even if some team was dumb enough, hey, surprise, the Buffalo Bills, even if some team is dumb enough to give a good defensive player a $100 million contract, you still should never spend more than the vet's minimum on an engagement ring, ever. What is the vet? The vet minimum. I thought the vet minimum was like nine hundred fifty thousand. Okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so what? I was off by eighty thousand. Yeah. You should never. You should never spend more than half a million on a wedding ring ever. You, you should never rule spend more there. than yeah. than the third round tender restricted free agent. That's good. Price. Good. Good call. Good call. <laughs> I just think, I mean, if I was a woman, I would be petrified to put that on and wear that in public by myself. Like that I would lose it, that something would happen to it, that I would get robbed. I mean, 800, and, and how big, how big is a fucking 10 carat diamond? That's almost like comic size. I don't know. But, um, Kevin, speaking of etiquette, but see, even to me, you could maybe make a case if he called it off and like was so, and it's like really close. But if the woman calls off the wedding, you can't keep the ring. I mean, right. you, like to me, like that's the main thing. Like if the woman calls it off. You gotta give it back. Now, if the man calls it off, maybe you can have an argument. I'll, I'll listen to it. But if the woman calls, you gotta give it back. I mean, the only the only way that I think the woman in this case, or, or really any case, as it might be stand on, would be is if she walks in and catches him, uh, you know, uh, cheating on her. Which is ninety five percent what happened. I mean, let's be serious. That's, that's that's probably what happened. We don't know that for sure. We're speculating. We don't know that for sure. Rampant speculation. I, I, I know. I know. We're Allegedly. speculating. Allegedly. Possibly. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. We're just throwing hypotheses out there. Well, yeah. So, I mean, look. If she walked in and 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 uh, and she caught him uh, buck naked banging on the bathroom floor to uh, paraphrase a, uh, an old song, uh, allegedly. Then, then maybe there's a leg to stand on there. So, you know, I, I can understand. But if she's just, if she's getting cold feet, she doesn't like fucking living in Buffalo. Who does? Uh, you know, that's, whatever. That's a fair, that's a fair, that's a fair reason. I mean, Buffalo is like Siberia. Let's be, let's be real. 
Go ahead, Kevin. I was just going to say, but is it worth $800,000 to get out of Buffalo? It might be. It might be. Especially in January. Good God. Um, all right. Now we come to the part of the show where... Is that Iron Eagle music? Of course it is. So, thanks to Andrew Jude for that theme music you're hearing in the background. Um, but Kevin, the people, they need it. They want it. They demand it. How is your wrestling career uh, progressing? Okay, so for starters, I'll give you an update on, on outside the ring material. Uh, trying to, I'm currently trying to put up a list of possible entrance songs. Uh, huge, you know, huge is brilliant, and, and I love the Iron Eagle theme uh, song. Uh, I got to come up with something that lasts a little bit longer uh, than than that, and is maybe a little bit. Uh, just can can maybe get more of a reaction out of an audience. So I'm trying to put together a list of songs. I'm actually trying to get into the like, tournament worth of it. And I've actually got like 54, 55 songs Jesus. on this list right now. Hey, look, I, when I when I dive into something full bore, Ralph, I <laughs> dive full bore in. Okay, uh, I got a lot of different possibilities. I've been consulting people on Twitter, including Huge. So I know he's cool with me trying to find a, a song. I put a call out to different people. Various songs of all types. This is fine and dandy. When that gets done, I'm going to try and work something out where we can have something to where people will vote on it to help narrow the field down for me. And I will, in fact, you know, go, you know, I'll let the people help narrow the thing down as much as humanly possible. They'll, they may end up choosing it for me. Who knows? Because I like almost all of these. Uh, so there's that, and I'm sure I'll do that for when the time comes for me to actually, you know, pick out a name or something. I, I, I don't know. I may do the same thing for that too. I don't know. Uh, as for in the ring stuff, I'm, I'm, you know, learning to, uh, I'm, I'm still picking up the whole headlock, arm ringer, uh, hammer lock thing and, and anybody that knows wrestling out there knows what I'm talking about. I'm not gonna try and explain it. Just you can <laughs> What about the Iron it. Eagle? That as a wrestling move, I don't know if that exists yet. I I I, I don't think so. I may have to try what and do you mean it doesn't the exist. The Iron Eagle as a the Iron Eagle as a move doesn't exist yet. I may have to just create that. So I'm gonna have to I'll I'll think of something to do and call it the Iron Eagle if that's the case. No. I mean, but I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hurting the hell out of my lower back and tailbone, and uh, <laughs> my shoulders are killing me, and it kind of hurts when I even pick up my laundry. And are you turning but, into you know, like a 65 year old man before our eyes? It, it that's kind of what it does to you. Uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't help that I'm, you know, that I don't have as much. Uh, Meat and muscle in my upper back to take a lot of these uh, falls like some of the other guys do. Well, Kevin, is now are, are you, I'm starting to understand maybe why wrestlers become drug and pill and booze addicted in their old age and die before they're 50, most of them? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I mean, it's 
without without condoning, it certainly you can certainly see why. I mean, you know, I don't even. I I have no no uh, delusions of doing this on on even a semi regular basis. This is something that I would do once or twice a month if I got to do it, like perform. And there are guys that are performing, like the guy who's teaching me. He's performing four four days a week, driving all you know all around the Midwest, and still working a full time job and raising a kid and all this kind of stuff. So, hats off to him. Jude, would this be the greatest YouTube clip ever? Uh, Kenny Stills touchdown celebration, uh, spliced in with Held's first wrestling appearance with your uh, music stylings as the background music. Would it be the greatest YouTube clip ever? The all combined into one? Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, that that I think that is possibly the only thing that could ever be conceived by a human mind that would top my scenario where Tim Tebow is traded to a team where Manti Teo is playing and they become lovers and get married in New York as Tebow comes back to New York and gets married there in front of his old fans and his old team. So, well, t- Tebow um, could start – actually, the, the, a scenario that could be more crazy than that is if Tebow would start to date Jason Collins. <laughs> I yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, I like Jason Collins too much. I mean, that would kind of yeah. be a bummer for him. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, sure, yeah. That 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 would even potentially be even more uh, more of a story. But no, I, I think if you can find <laughs> Kenny Stills doing the catwalk <laughs> in the Superdome after a touchdown, and and it's against the Falcons. And you've got people that are searching on YouTube, you know, so, you know, they might say, like, Saints, Kenny Stills, you know, the search term might be Kenny Stills touchdown dance. And so, you know, they click on the first hit they see, and they're just expecting to relive it in all its glory, and it's fantastic. And boom, out of nowhere, Kevin Held is in a Speedo, and he's wrestling some guy to the ground, and he has him in a headlock, and... um Iron Eagle theme song is playing. Um, I just I like it. That, that has to be paradise, right? I think I think so. Uh, I think it could get three, possibly four hundred hits on YouTube. That's uh, so let's let's wrap this thing up. We've been here long enough. Um, Kevin, I'm gonna I'm gonna end with this um, as we as we go into the off season. For the NFL, Titus Young got arrested twice on the yes. same on the same yes. on the same day. So, um, give me a, a a plausible scenario of the wackiest off season arrest to come. We've had the Wizardator, we had Titus Young get arrested twice on the same day. We had Ronaldo McLean punch a cop while he was getting a traffic ticket. So what's a scenario that could happen between now and training camp starts that would be just glorious and we'll see it on uh, like PFT and that sort of thing? Could or, or, or want to see happen? Either. 
if you can just if you can if you can justify it in some strange way, you go right ahead that it could happen. Man, what are we talking here? What would have to be weird? It would have to be something involving a dash cam. So it would have to be like he gets pulled over, or there's a traffic stop, or a uh, or or the police are responding. I'm gonna guess a traffic stop. And the player in question is, is in some sort of a cosplay attire, uh, you know, dressed up as something. So let's say, I mean, there have to be a super, let's pick some superhero movie coming out in the near future. He's dressed up as that, coming from a, a sci-fi convention. And because it's a sci-fi convention, chances are nobody knows who the fuck he is as a pro athlete. Or better yet, not even a superhero costume. He's wearing fucking steampunk attire. So he's got the giant, uh, the giant top hat, the the, the weird uh, steampunk goggles, where one is like some acts as like some weird microscope, and it shoots out like uh, like five or six. You know, one tube into a smaller tube into a smaller tube. It's like that reverse Russian egg thing. And then the other one is like a regular, like, monocle-type thing. But it's specs, because that's what steampunk is, apparently. And he's got the fucking vest, like the, the old leather vest, the tight leather pants, the, the, the riding boots, and, a uh, like, a frilly shirt. But he's fully in character. He, he even grew out a mustache. And uh, there would have to be, like, he's got, like, a car full of children or something. And the cop fucking doesn't know how to react and thinks it's something awful going on. And uh, and the football player maybe had one too many. Like, he would probably blow a .08. <laughs> That's more than a few many. That's, like... Legally, Evan Jack Daniels. No, no, well, no, no, no. Point, point, oh, okay, point oh eight is the legal limit. So let's kick it down one notch. Let's say he would blow point oh seven if he were hauled into jail. And the cop pulls him over, suspects something weird. The football tr- player tries to talk him down. He gets the football player out. He maybe, the football player says one or two things that, dri- that drive the uh, police officer off. And starts getting a little rough. The guy resists, and the, the police officer tries to it just starts beating the shit out of the football player in front of the kids who are flipping out in the car, and you can see their heads in in the rearview mirror or in the rearview window, and they're freaking out. And the football player fights back, but by that time, there's another cop car, so they fucking tackle him right on top of the hood, and his uh, fucking his top hat goes flying off. His, uh, steampunk goggles get smashed. The whole thing just gets wrecked. And then by then, he just starts screaming, you know. At first, he's speaking, yeah. At first, he's speaking in, like, Victorian English. Because, you know, he's still in character for the kids on the way home. And then when shit starts getting real, he then drops the character and just starts speaking, like, regular everyday English. It scares the hell out of the cops. So one of the cops fucking tasers him right in front of the dash cam, and it's, like, right on the dash cam. And your boy just fucking rolls off into a, into a slump, and, he, and the last thing you see 
that's released on the TMZ video is the kids in the car just, like, beating on the glass of the rear window, screaming their, and crying their little eyes out, and the cops just saying, what the fuck was that all about? And then, boom, it cuts to black, and then and, and it just becomes a debacle, not only for the player, but for the fucking police department as well. So you get mass chaos, which, uh, which as, as I've documented before in previous podcasts, I'm always rooting for. So anything that makes all parties look like uh, fucking idiots who went too far, I'm, I'm fine with that. I feel like you had that scenario. You were waiting for me to ask that question. That was so wow. long in detail. It was wow. It was wow. like it was like War and Peace. Andrew, Andrew, I'm an idea man. You are. I'm an idea man. You, you get a bottle of wine in me. You get a bottle of wine in me, and the fucking ideas just start coming, dude. They do. I'm Andrew. an idea man. I, I got more fucking ideas than Don Draper. You get Sterling Draper price held. That's the building. Let's go to fucking work and do wine. Do you guys watch the league? I do watch the league. I think I think uh, Kevin is drinking some three penis wine. <laughs> he is. I, most, he I is most. Assured I haven't watched the league, league so I haven't watched the league, so I guess I gotta I gotta watch that. Oh my <laughs> son, you have got. When you get done with the Game of Thrones, uh, well, I'm it, done with I'm done with the two seasons of the Game of Thrones, so I haven't seen any of season three yet. Yeah, actually, anyone listening to this podcast, if you have never watched the league, if you listen to this podcast, you obviously love football. Do yourself a favor. Go on Netflix, go on Hulu, whatever your preferred yeah. method of watching stuff is, and download every episode of the league and watch it. It's amazing. Yes, the league is good, and the thing is, the league is so good. There is probably like a fifty-fifty shot, maybe even better. That your wife slash girlfriend will like it too, because you don't. Yeah, my wife loves it. Because you don't have to be a hardcore football fan or even a football fan at all to like the league. The football part of it just adds to the enjoyment of it. My wife loves the league, and she. I mean, she's a football fan too. But uh, I know people that their wives are like, "Oh, I love the league too," because it's just so. Um, it's so good, but. Uh, Anyway, I think on that note, we'll wrap it up. We only went an hour today when we <laughs> figured we'd go 40 minutes, but whatever. Right, uh, so you're four... not going to give me a shot? Oh, yeah. I'm... Come on, my, man. Hosting, my hosting duties tonight are shit. Go ahead, Juge. So, you know, I, I think we've all heard. I'm going to start with the term. You've There's hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Yes. And... What I envision for the arrest of the season is, uh, you know, obviously rookies, when they start, they get trapped. Um, they go through a hazing ritual. It's very common for a rookie to go through some sort of rite of passage, if you will, as they enter the NFL. And Saints have had that good a, so sideways. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, and for example, uh, Cam Cleland donated his left retina um, <laughs> one season uh, thanks to a bag of coins uh, ripping off his face. Um, but anyway, what I envision is uh, the Saints, um, and going back to Kenny Stills, um, having him go to Roger Goodell's house, um, dressed <laughs> as a woman, of course, and uh, basically just uh, roll, roll his house, roll his yard, um, and 
um, you know, as, as Goodell, make enough commotion and enough noise that um, he comes out, and uh, once he sees Kenny Stills in his yard, um, you know, he applies the tuck, um, that one to the lamb style, and he does the catwalk right there, you know, the, the, the runway walk, <laughs> does a five-point stop and turn, um, and <laughs> Patrick Goodell calls the cops, uh, Kenny Stills gets arrested for trespassing, and uh, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Um, if Oops. that if that scenario occurred, I think Dave could put up a PayPal donation button on Canal Street Chronicles, and I think Kenny Stills for bail, for bail and his legal <laughs> fund would be covered in about five hours. Absolutely. And I and I think he'd be inducted into the Saints Hall of Fame by close of business that day. I mean, look, he's going to spend the entire season on IR anyway, as Dave said earlier in this podcast. So you might as well do it in jail and go out with a bang. <laughs> I like that. I, I like the sound of that. So uh, my between the technical difficulties and the mediocre host of this podcast, uh, this one was definitely uh, below uh, premium subscribers uh what you expect and what you pay for. So we apologize for that. So for our fearless leader, Dave, whose battery died, for Andrew Juge of the Saints Nation, go there, read his stuff. For Kevin Held, a.k.a. Iron Eagle, uh, Iron he, Eagle. He's, got, he's got a column coming out. Uh, his, uh, you know, he puts up one like once every quarter of the year. So he's probably got one coming up pretty soon, and you won't get another one until November. So you might want to be on the lookout for that. So read his stuff as well. I'm Ralph Marlboro, people. Uh, be safe. Try to stay out of jail. And make sure you get your wedding rings back. I like wine. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers. Hunt for muddy puddles and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.